Welcome to What We Do in the Meadow, a podcast where we lovingly roast the Twilight series chapter by chapter. I'm Laura. And I'm Ryan. And uh, today, we are talking about chapter 13, Confessions. Chapter 13, Confessions. God, what is there to say about this chapter? Uh, It's the meadow chapter. They're in the meadow. And that's all I can and will say about it at this moment. (laughs) This is the titular meadow chapter boys i think okay first of all i think what we need to do is establish that ryan is really 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 excited about this and i am not nothing could make me happier right now than getting to talk about this chapter i hated so much about this and it wasn't even like the same kind of hate that i hated the previous chapter i hated the previous chapter too but in a very different way that was more of a passive hate, like, oh, God, I can't believe that this is happening to me. This is the worst. Uh, this, the way that I hate this chapter is much more active. I actively hated this chapter. <laughs> Every time I had to turn the page, I made, like, a Tina Belcher, like, ah, like, groaning noise. Like, I... Oh, God, everything about this. I don't even have a single I genuinely hated it because basically every single line spoken by either character in this chapter wasn't I genuinely hated it for me. Uh, I had one I genuinely laughed out of a thousand I genuinely hated it. Listen, Laura can attest to this. We read the the chapters sitting directly next to each other. I could not stop screaming. I kept screaming, kicking my feet. I loved it. Yeah, this he did. This was fantastic. He was really all, uh, going off. This was fantastic. And I, I will say, in in a way, reading this chapter again, after uh, it holding such a dear spot in my heart for so many years, number one, it ruined it. Number two, it made it better. Simultaneously, this chapter is ruined and and revived in my heart. This was everything. This had everything. This meadow has everything. <laughs> On the contrary, uh, as Ryan screamed and kicked his feet, I just curled into a tighter and tighter ball on myself. Like, I just didn't want to be in this world anymore. I didn't want to be on this planet anymore. I can't believe that somebody unironically wrote these words and sent them to a publisher. And that publisher was like, sure, let's print this. And then a bajillion little girls and their mothers read this and were unironically like this is the best thing I've ever read I'm horrified loved it we will put on the table though I don't know if you noticed this and this is a fact Stephanie wrote this chapter before she wrote anything else and you can tell you can definitely tell. you can 100% tell the um the overall tone of this chapter is very different it's like written from a step back there's less internal monologue from Bella it's it's just she seems different he seems different. He talks totally he different. He talks different. He's less rude and chodish and more like uh, interview with a vampire. Yeah. Like removed and like other. This chapter is very different than the rest of the book. It certainly was. I almost liked it better and I thought to myself, if this chapter had been written as a short story with no context and like you just, it was just, this is all that you knew of these people, it might it would probably have been pretty good. I'm I disagree. Be, no, I think it would have been great. I, okay, but I'm just saying, I had the exact opposite opinion. I, I too noticed the differences, and I hated them. I would much rather have, have read about, like, Bella just going to school and being in biology class than reading this shit. No. 
this was everything it should have been. All right, let's dive in. Okay, well, I mean, first we need to put on the table for anyone who doesn't know. The big reveal, Edward stepping into the sun, is he's shiny. He sparkles. The man is shiny. He's like a disco ball at a gay bar Saturday at 4 a.m. He is shiny, motherfucker. Yeah. He sparkles. He sparkles. It it looks like there's diamonds all over his skin. What I wrote down is, okay, he sparkles, but wait. Because there's something else mentioned on that very first page that threw me so significantly that I had to reread it like approximately 10 times before I could get my head wrapped around what was happening. Okay. (laughs) Can I describe for you what it was? I would love nothing more. It says that Edward is lying on his back in the meadow with his eyes closed and he's lying very still. And then this is a direct quote. (laughs) I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get through it. It's so fucking bizarre. Give us a dramatic reading. Now and then his lips would move so fast it looked like they were trembling. But when I asked, he told me he was singing to himself. It was too low for me to hear. What? I literally have a note about that. And I just said, what a strange little detail. What a strange little detail. That is correct. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so Bobby did something today where she went after uh, Tigger the cat. Yeah. And afterwards, her mouth was stuck partly open and her tongue was like, flipping like just trembling in the air she's so mad and and her mouth like her jaw was kind of like chattering like she looked like an angry like squirrel or something and literally when i read about edward's lips moving like that that's all i can think of was like an angry dog like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i that was a very weird little detail that stephanie decided to include I and like don't does that know ever why? come up again that they're they're like able to speak in a tone so low that a human being cannot hear it? No, I believe that, but I don't know why it had to come up now and in such a way. Like, He's never I, done that before. If he was saying something important, does he ever do it again? No. If he was saying something like about her that he didn't want her to hear, that might be a fun little way to include that detail about them. But no, the. The singing to himself thing, that was weird. Well, and also... What was he singing? What was he singing? Was Claire it Lincoln de Lune? Lincoln Park? Debussy? Uh, you can't sing Claire de Lune. There's no words. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was singing uh, Believe by Cher. Okay. What else he could be he singing even, anything. What else could he even sing? Maybe he was singing... Um, uh, My Heart Will Go On. True. Maybe he was singing... Um, oh, Lordy. Happy Birthday. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, okay, so that happened. Uh, that was very disturbing to me. That set the tone for the entire chapter for me right there. And I was like, I don't like this at all. I literally cannot stop laughing. This chapter filled me with more joy than anything has in a really long time. <laughs> I loved this. Um, so that happens. And then Edward is like, I don't scare you. Like, yes, yeah, sparkles are really fucking terrifying, dude. Yeah, like, why would you be scaring her, Mick Glitter Dick? Like, what what is happening here? I think that one of the things about Twilight uh, that is kind of frustrating is that Edward and Bella are just consistently having the same conversation, but the conversation is about two different things. And they're like, t- they're, the paths of these two conversations are just, consistently like not aligned and they don't seem to realize that edward is constantly asking bella if she is scared of him and bella is constantly saying that she's scared but she's scared because she thinks that edward's gonna break up with her 
which first of all is just psychotic, but like secondly, this is like the 50th time that they've had this basic conversation of like, are you scared right now? I am, but not of you. Like, you know, it's just so fucking, like at this point, I'm like, you guys have had this same conversation so many times. Again? We have to do this again? You know, Laura, you're absolutely correct. You're right. I liked this one a lot better than I liked all the others. Just uh, the, the tone of this chapter was just different. It was. It I, was just different and it was better. I disagree. You can't convince I me it wasn't better. I disagree. Well, you can't convince me that it was. The content wasn't any better. The content was, in fact, a little weirder. There, well, but, the, but the way that she did it was not nearly as egregiously boring. As, as, okay, as normal. Okay, I'll give you that. It wasn't boring, okay. but I, I will agree also with the fact that it was a little bit weirder, and uh, it was it was very disturbing to me how weird things got how quickly. Okay, it did get very weird because the rest of this chapter is essentially weird touching, and... We're okay, both really horny about The it. amount of times that I wrote BONER in my book, in all caps, I tallied about six times. I, about six times I wrote BONER in my book because, yeah, they're very horny, they're just sniffing each other, touching each other, but in like a khaki sutra kind of way. Yeah, it's a very uh, like repressed Mormony kind of very. a way. But you know what? I thrive and I loved it. Okay, so speaking of things getting really weird really fast, Edward is lying in the meadow. Bella is curled up next to him. She's not lying down next to him like she is in the movie. She's sitting with her like knees drawn up to her chest or something. Uh, and she specifically says, by the way, that it's because it's so fucking wet, <laughs> uh, even in the sun, that she doesn't want to lie down. <laughs> but anyway, regardless, she kind of, like, touches his arm, and then he, like, sits up, and they're, like, staring into each other's faces, and she catches another whiff of his breath and says that his breath makes her mouth water. Oh, my God. What the fuck? I screamed. Because we all know that Bella has, like, a weird thing about Edward's breath. But saying that it made her mouth water was, like, a step above. That was just fully psychotic. Fully psychotic. So she kind of, like, leans in just just to get a d- deeper whiff yeah, she of his breath. Yeah, she leans in to sniff it. And Edward freaks out because of how close she got. And he, like, he literally, he freaks out he to such an extent. He blitzes to the other side of that clearing. And then he has that moment, that iconic moment, mm-hmm. where he's, like... As if you could outrun me. And he like. He rips a branch off a tree. As if you could fight me off. And he like rips an innocent tree apart and like throws it against another innocent tree. And he's like, you know, freaking out, like puffing and puffing and like hulking out. And then he immediately like jogs back over and he sits down real slow and he's like, I'm fine. Pardon me. Yeah. Oh my God. I think, um, so Edward has always kind of sounded like a serial killer. Like he says a lot of things that just are just very creepy. Like, with context, without context, they're just creepy things. Uh, some of the things that he says in this particular chapter were straight out of, like, American Psycho, the movie. Okay. Like, okay, I, I wrote down what he says to Bella after this tantrum that he throws. And after he sits down and he's like, oh, I'm fine now, I'm fine. He literally says, word for word, I am quoting, I can control myself. You caught me off guard, but I'm on my best behavior now. Like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the shit that somebody says to you when you go visit them on death row because they've killed 50 people and like skinned them and made lamps out of their skin. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That This is what I mean when I say that they sound different. Like, Edward in any other chapter before this would not have said that. He would have said something like, 
really abrupt and like chodish and rude and probably irrelevant. He might not have said anything at all. Yeah. She made him sound very like last century, completely removed from the human emotion, like psychotic. Yeah. This is what I mean. It was totally different. It was creepy. It creeped me out. I did not like it. And Bella says his sudden mood changes left me always a step behind, dazed. And I'm like, girl, me too. That... (laughs) Stephanie wrote that down before she wrote anything else. And she was like, oh, yeah, he does that mood change thingy. And she she kept it. Yeah. Because as we know, Edward's moods change like flip of a switch. Literally. It's not great. Multiple times per conversation. Yes. Bella will give him a look or she won't respond to a question the way that he wants her to. Or she asks him a question that he does not want to answer. And he turns from like patronizing but kind of nice to like. Just a huge-ass chode. Like, he just, on yeah. a dime, just switches. And this is the same thing, except now it's more, like, totally out of control. Switch to chilling in a meadow? You were right when you said that it's very, like, interview with the vampire. Like, he he, he basically goes from, like, yeah, like, out of control to, like, Louie. Like, you're right. Yeah, you know? Yes, like, totally different. Like, removed. Removed. That's that's what it is with this whole chapter. It's, it's, it's a step back. It's it is. a step back. It's less, like, it is from Bella's perspective, but it's almost like from Bella's perspective through, like, a glass wall. It's, it's, the tone is completely different. That's right. And Edward acts completely different, and so does she. It's equally as moody, but not as pissy. Right. Do you know what I mean? It just threw me off a lot, and I did not like that. Uh, And I also did not like the way that Edward, like, just the language that he uses. Like, a lot of the things that he says in this chapter were, like, I genuinely hated it. But I'm not, like, saying that as a joke. Like, it was genuinely, like, uncomfortable to read. And I have more examples, but, you know, we'll get to them when we get to them. But, yeah. Uh, so. So, that all happens. So, again, they talk about how if Bella wants to stay safe, he should leave her. This is the same conversation that they've been having for ages. They kind of dive more deeply now into, like, the whole, like, she smells good thing. And this yeah. is, this leads to something really iconic and great. But let me tell you, they're basically just talking about, like, She is his favorite, you know, brand of perfume. She is exactly the right concoction of things that he cannot resist. Uh, They refer to her as his own personal brand of heroin. Yeah, first he tries to make the analogy that she's like, she's like a really good scotch and he's like an alcoholic (laughs) who's trying to abstain. And then he's like, I don't even think that's right. It's more like heroin. And she's like, oh, so I'm basically like your personal brand of heroin. And, and she loved it. And she, she loved it. She, she does. She loves it. And he kind of smiles and laughs. And he's like, yes, you are exactly my brand of heroin. And I was just like, oh, my God. Which Bella would know a lot about because, as we know, she does like the whole gratuitous drug use thing where she puts herself to sleep with Zequil like once every three years. <laughs> yeah. So she knows like, a lot about that. Oh let me God. tell you what. Uh, Edward reveals to us during this conversation that he tried to talk to his brothers about his whole problem with her, where Uh she just is irresistible to him. Like, and he's like, well, have either of you ever experienced something like this? Dot, dot, dot. What do I do? And Jasper's like, well, I've, I haven't been abstaining from human flesh for very long. So they all smell like that. They all smell like that. Emmett. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Let's, hold on Jasper first. We gotta, we gotta focus on Jasper first. So Edward says, 
that it is ha- hard for Jasper to abstain at all from humans. Because he has not been on this quote-unquote vegetarian diet for very long. And he goes to fucking high school with children. Yeah. <laughs> like well, we've said before that... I mean, yeah, we've talked about how he's a major liability before. But, I mean, for Edward to just straight up say it like that, it's hard for him to abstain, period, from humans. He goes to high school every single day. And again, like we've talked about before, think about how many people just get injured in high school, just on a daily basis. Paper yeah. cuts. Gym accidents. Periods, bro. Periods. Well, I think Stephanie Meyer has said stuff about periods that we'll have to I'll have to find that interview and we'll, we'll talk about it Okay, again. well, whatever Stephanie but Meyer like, said about it, it's bullshit. Period blood is blood. Yeah, okay. Okay, it smells like blood. I know it's gross and nobody wants to think about it, but it's true. Periods, brother. All right, fair. But, like, yeah, I, I was just, I was like, really? Like, and they just let him go to high school every day? Like... And I mean, uh, this is something that we knew as, uh, you know, Twilight fans, if you can call us that. I guess reading this the first time and not knowing all these things about Jasper, you'd be like, oh, shit. I think the shock value has kind of worn off for me because, I mean, we know Jasper's a psychopath. Right. But if you didn't know, now you know. He is one. Now you know. Um, But yeah, okay, so moving on to Emmett. Moving on uh, to Emmett. We find out something very interesting about old Emmett. We sure do. Edward says that Emmett has had this experience with two different people since he's, you know, gone unquote, on the wagon. Yeah. Uh, once stronger than the other. Both times, and he doesn't say this directly, but it's strongly implied. He Both just, times, Emmett just straight up ate those people. He just killed them. He's, I think he says even the strongest people fall off the wagon sometimes or something. Like, he's really riding this alcoholic uh, analogy. Both times that Emmett experienced this, he ate those people. Uh, so Bella's like, so basically there's no hope. And Edward's like, nah. <laughs> well, uh, I, I found that very interesting because I was like, oh, cool. We could have read, like, a Twilight about Emmett. Like, if Emmett had been the one to, like, resist. I don't I Like, didn't. both of those people that Emmett killed, like, could have been Bella. Do you know how we've talked about the Collins before, and we've made pretty clear that Emmett is one of our tops. Uh, you know how we've said that. When Stephanie Meyer actually gets around to telling us more about Emmett, she's going to ruin him for us. Yeah. It's already begun. Not this particularly, because I don't really care that Emmett ate two people, but there's something that comes up later along this same line where, just so everyone is prepared, Stephanie has started to ruin the other Collins. We haven't even met them formally. It's already begun. Okay. This was the start. I found that interesting because I think I know what you're talking about, and that did not change my opinion on him. But okay, we'll talk about it when yeah. we get to it. So from there, uh, Edward starts to tell Bella their story from his perspective from the very beginning, uh, starting with the day that Bella walked into biology and Edward almost went off and killed her. And it's interesting, but this, I want to say monologue from Edward, because it is basically that Bella does interject a few times throughout this story to ask a question or whatever, but it's usually just, like, a single word, and then he continues on. It goes on for so fucking long. I was like, you're still talking? Like, this goes on for pages. And it's just blocks of text of Edward talking. This chapter was a very long-winded chapter just in general. The only reason I can't really complain about that is at least it's all the same day. It's all the same thing. But yeah, there was a lot going on here. And this monologue that Edward gives is pretty long. You can basically only sum it up. And um, to, to, to try to do that, 
Edward talks about that first day in bi- biology, and he literally says that while he was sitting there for that hour, he was thinking of all the different ways that he could lure Bella to her death. So yeah. that's fun. Yeah. And then we find out the name of the secretary, the school secretary, because he's talking about when he was trying to change his schedule. Uh, I don't know if we knew this before. I don't think we did. No, I don't think we did. Her name is Mrs. Cope. Okay. C-O-P-E, Cope. We've talked about Stephanie and her name choices before. Here's another one. Her name is Miss Cope. And Edward was kind of like, you know, at that point, I was like, well, that's only one witness. I could just kill both of you. So that's creepy. And then, I guess, with all of this, you know, all these things that he's feeling, he leaves school. He immediately drives to the hospital to see Carlisle. And he's like, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. I can't do this shit. They switch cars. Edward drives to Alaska. And... I actually thought that this was kind of cute and a little bit sad. Apparently, he could not bring himself to go home before he drove away to Alaska because he knew Esme was going to be, like, devastated. Yeah, he he says that she would cause a scene. Like, that's actually kind of sad. It is sad, and it's also kind of rude to talk about your mom that way, but okay. Yeah, it is. Well, just the way he described it is, like, I knew she was going to cause a scene, so I didn't see her. Yeah, I don't think he meant it like that. But, uh, yeah, I guess it did come off that way when you think about it. Uh, He also does Jessica pretty dirty in this monologue. Oh, my God, he does because he's, like, and then I decided to come back. He literally says, one insignificant little girl is not going to keep me from my family and my home. He's talking about Bella. Which is fair. So he comes home, and he's, like, I was determined to act like a normal human around you and to treat you like any other human. So he's, but he can't because it's Edward. So he, he basically was picking everyone's brain to, to, to get a clue on how Bella was reacting to him and what she was thinking of him because, you know, he can't read her mind. And he really goes in on Jess because he's like, mostly I was looking into Jess's mind. Her mind is not very original and it was super annoying to have to do that. He literally says that he didn't want to have to stoop to her level. Like, everyone does Jessica so dirty. Jessica is just a normal, average, everyday teenage girl in high school doing her best, living her life. Jessica has been done dirty by Edward, by Bella, by Mike. Yeah. Justice! Justice for Jessica! God damn! Like, I really have sympathized with her a lot more than I expected to. It's just everyone's so fucking rude about her. Just let her be. She didn't ask for any of this. You're absolutely correct. She did not ask to be the annoying, chatty uh, side character to the main character in a strange little book. (laughs) Jessica never asked for this. She never asked for that. She never asked for this. And then Edward continues on with his version of their story, and he's like, when I saved you from the van, I didn't really think about why I was doing it at the time. Only afterwards did I come up with, like, an excuse for myself that... If you had been hit by a van and bled in the parking lot, I would have gone ape shit, hog wild. I would have started killing you. Jasper probably would have started killing people. It would have caused a whole scene. Oh my god. But, uh. It's funny to imagine. It is. <laughs> it <laughs> just was like, just Edward, like, going crazy, and then Jasper's like, alright. Alright. <laughs> and, like, let's be honest with ourselves. At that point, Emmett probably would have been like, party, party. He, he would have been, been like, like, hey, our lives are over anyway, whatever. <laughs> Finger guns, pew, 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 pew. Yeah. Um, but he says, I only came up with that excuse afterwards. At the time, I was literally just thinking, not her. Couldn't stand. He couldn't stand the idea of her dying. Yeah. So that was a whole thing. And then he says, I what thought- I was trying to get to with the whole, like, Stephanie Meyer has started her kill the Cullens thing. Yeah. Um, apparently, him and his siblings, I don't think Carlisle. Yeah. Oh, no, yes, he did. Yes, they did. So they the both whole did. family did this, this vote. On, like, what Edward should do about his Bella problem. Yes. And And the options are 
kill Bella and just get it over with or let her live. Essentially, the let her live squad was Edward, Al- Carlisle, and yeah. Alice. Edward and the Carlisle. just eat her, you pussy squad was Emmett, Rosalie, and Jasper. Esme apparently didn't really take a side. She, she was more said, like, do what you have to do as long as you can stay here. Because Esme is his mother. Yes. And that's the only role that she's allowed to have in these books. Cute as she may be. It's I true. did not find that to be like ruining of the... That was exactly how I would have expected them to react. Listen, on one hand, yes, you're right. If there was going to be a vote about this, then yeah, it fell exactly as I as I myself would have made it fall. It's the way that he says it. It's It's more like the tone of how he's saying it, where it's like... He, he, he frames it as, you know, me and, and Carlisle and Alice and sort of Esme are, like, good. Right. And Jas- Jasper, Rosalie, and Emmett are not good. Do you know what I mean? Like, he kind of framed it that way. Does that make, do you get what I'm saying? Uh, I do. I didn't take it that way. I get what you're talking about. I can kind of see, like, I can see what you mean. Um, I didn't interpret it like that. And it didn't surprise me in any way. Like like I said, that's exactly how I would have expected them to vote. We've joked about Emmett telling Edward to just eat Bella before. Like, yeah, and we I know think- that Rosalie is not a Bella fan. Yes. We and know Jasper's that Jasper crazy. is just Jasper, so. I think it's more like coupled with the story that he just told about a- Emmett eating his two people that he's encountered, who was kind of like Bella to him. Yeah. I think coupled with that, it kind of it kind of threw Emmett in a bad light. Well, it makes sense. I mean, if you think about it, so Emmett was confronted with these people that were like his own personal brand of heroin to him. He ate them, and uh, the problem was over. <laughs> the problem was was, <laughs> yes. was done with. I them. absolutely get what you're saying, but I so think the way I, that Stephanie framed it, I think that for Emmett, like seeing Edward, like just whine and cry and like have to go on these constant hunting trips and like bitch and bitch and bitch about this problem like I can totally see why Emmett would be like bro just eat her no I agree he's a very simple-minded man I just think we think this way about Emmett even with these these uh details because we love him in any way, I think as a first-time reader, you'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with Emmett, Rosalie, and Jasper? What is wrong with them? All right, yeah. Do, do you, yeah, do you yes, get what I'm yes, saying? Yes, I get what you're saying. Okay, okay. I get what you're saying. Um, um, at this point in the conversation, around this point, uh, Edward does something, again, that I found very disturbing. He ruffles Bella's hair, like, the way that you do to a small child who makes you laugh. Like, hey, buddy, and you, like, muss up their hair. It's just a very, like weirdly paternal kind of action or like you know like something that your babysitter would do to you or something like you know like something that you do when you're like taking care of like a little kid and you're playing around with them uh and it it just made me think like it's again it's just like every time stephanie tries to make edward seem like a normal teenager and she does occasionally try he just comes off as so fucking creepy like it's it would almost be better if she just abandoned that idea entirely because every time she tries to bring it back it just it never works it never works yeah well we have this running theme of edward just infantilizing bella you know well yeah and he does it repeatedly in this chapter i mean literally calls her a little girl yeah he does he does literally in this chapter that aside he does then go on to say that she is not only the most important thing to him right now but most important thing to him ever ever so that's a whole thing um and that part was i think 
perhaps my most genuine, I genuinely hated it ever. Okay. Uh, not the whole, like, you are my world thing, but the thing that he says right before that, it's the same paragraph. Again, I have it quoted because it was just so fucking atrocious. Uh, he says that the idea of Bella dying is, like, horrible to him. But he can't just say, the idea of you dying is terrible. Or, like, I can't stand the thought of you dying. He has to say, to never see you blush scarlet again. To never see that flash of intuition when you see through my pretenses. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> this chapter was special. It was, in a way that none of the rest of them are. It went full interview with the vampire and, like, not in a good way. It did. And on that same line of thinking, they then do that really iconic um, lion, and lamb, lion and lamb thing where he's like, and so the lion fell in love with the lamb. And she's like, what a stupid fucking lamb. And he's like, what a sick masochistic lion. Yeah, it's very Interview with a Vampire. The speech is very elevated. And um, as I've said a thousand times, step taken back. Yeah. Written totally differently. It's kind yeah. of more, the, the, the language in this chapter is a lot more pretentious. It for than sure. it is in the other for ones. For sure, yeah. You can tell she wrote it at a different time. Yes. This was her she, child. This was the dream. Uh, so, so me and Laura just, um, put our heads together real quick, because I went to move on, and she was like, I also have a thing. Turns out it's the we same thing. We realize we have the exact same thing. the exact same thing. Stephanie then, um, has Edward say this thing that c- completely contradicts. What he has said, like, in the same chapter. a few pages ago, in the same chapter. He's explaining to Bella why he freaked out so bad when she got like, so close to him, like, with the whole breath thing. Yeah. And he basically says, I'm not used to people, like, getting so close to me. People usually shy away from us because we're so different and alien. But literally, like, four pages ago, he was like, everything we, about me is designed to draw you close to me. We my are the smell, best my predators. voice, everything. So, like, which is it? Are you supposed to draw humans in or are you supposed to repulse them because you're an alien? Like, which one is it, Stephanie? That was just Stephanie forgetting what she was doing because clearly they're supposed to be super great predators. It's the first thing. They're supposed to draw them in, but she just forgot for a minute. Here's what I think happened because we know that she wrote this chapter before she wrote anything else. Okay. I think she wrote that thing in about how humans don't get close to them. This was, like, original... This was my dream, Stephanie, writing Twilight. Like, this is, like, when she first wrote this chapter shit. The thing about them being, like, the world's best predator with, like, a silky voice and, like, a smell designed to lure humans for them, that was, like, after she started fleshing out the rest of the book because she wrote Edward that way up until this point. Okay. Like, every other time that Bella's been around Edward, she's like, oh, my God, his voice is so nice. Like, it just makes me want to listen to him. He does the smolder eyes to people. He smells really good. So I think that Stephanie wrote that thing about, like, oh, we're so alien. People don't want to get close to us. That was, like, if this had been a short story, mm-hmm. that could have flown. But because she had to make it a whole book, she needed a reason for Bella to want to be close to him. So she changed her idea about, like, the vibe of the vampires, but forgot to, like, edit it. You know, we don't talk about this enough. We don't talk enough about the fact that Edward has this whole biological component where people just cannot resist him. It's, it's, later in this chapter, he literally refers to it as being, like, intoxicated off of him. We don't talk about this enough because Mm -hmm. they go on to have, like, a whole relationship and stuff. Right. But would they, if he didn't have these, like, built-in, programmed like aspects of his being where where he is that are literally designed irres- to like lure humans. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think 
Bella could have been literally anyone. He's just the one that he. She's just the one that he picked. Yeah, we don't talk about this. No, enough. I agree. It, I mean, are you kidding me? Are you telling me if if he had not like if he had picked Jessica Stanley instead that Jessica wouldn't be in that meadow with him right oh now? Oh my god, he she would. She would. She absolutely would. If he had picked fucking Mike Newton, Mike Newton would probably be in that meadow with him right now. You're absolutely correct. We don't talk about this enough. I don't know why it just hit me so hard, but ooh. It's kind of gross when you think about it like that. It is a little bit. Because it's not like Bella's immune to, she's, well, we've seen enough times that she's not immune to not his, at all. his isms, yeah. his vampire-isms. Right. Wow. That's kind of, when you think of it that way, it's kind of gnarly. This is what I mean when I say that rereading this chapter both ruined it for me and just made it so much better. Because it, it ruined the uh, innocent romantic aspect where I was 11 years old and this was just so fucking great. I mean, think about being 11 years old. This is like peak, bro. Uh-huh. This is peak. It also made it better in that I, I, as an adult, I can laugh at it. Right. Do you know and what I mean? I really enjoyed adult, this. I found can, it funny. You can think about it in a way that's like, oh, this is actually like a whole other, there's a whole other story happening underneath this story that like. Yeah. You're not really supposed to think about, but when you do, it makes it, like, way creepier, but also more interesting. Yeah. Anyway, that's just a whole little tangent, but there's, guys, there's it more. Gets fucking oh, we're better. not even, like, <laughs> we still have, like, a third of the chapter left to go through. It gets so much better. Boy, does it so, heat up. at this point, they've kind of stopped talking about Edward's million and one plans to lure and murder Bella, and Edward decides that it is time now for him to test his ability to be close to Bella physically. And he decides to do this by leaning really close up against her and putting his hands on either side of her neck and lightly dragging them down her shoulders. And then he leans his head up against her titties and he listens to her heart. Don't forget that before his head makes it to her titties, uh, he drags his nose along her collarbones. Yeah. This was one of those moments where I sit back and I say to myself, I understand what happened to E.L. James. I don't condone it, but I understand it. All right. Uh, yeah, so he does that and he's just This kinda, is Khaki Sutra, by the way. This is definitely Khaki Sutra. Uh, he's leaning his little ear up against her breast, listening to her heart. And uh, the the khaki of it all, the Mormonism of it all, it's very strong. It gets better because then she returns the favor and they basically just intensely hug. Yeah, they're like cuddling and like smoldering each other. Like the khaki sutra of it. They're just kind of like running their fingers on each other. Like, God, that gave me such a... Close on, of course. That gave me a physical chill down my spine. Um, then Edward decides to talk about how he feels about Bella again. And uh, he manages to come up with the lamest way ever to be like, I'm horny. He says that uh, there are other hungers. Yeah. Hungers I don't even understand that are foreign to me. Which is basically his way of being like, I'm horny and I'm also a virgin. Yes. That's one of the places where I wrote boner in my book so that happens (laughs) i mean that's a whole thing that we all had to sit through we we definitely had to sit through that it i loved it it this nothing could have made me happier than watching these two virgins hug in a meadow (laughs) it was hilarious imagine how wet the seat of bella's pants is i mean she didn't want to lay down for a reason dude dude it's soaked it's sopping she's She's like she's like yeah the sun is nice but it's 
the air is wet. <laughs> she is so soggy right now. Yeah. And she's probably like, you know what? It's muggy and you get that specific kind of muggy, sticky sweat on oh, you. Oh, God. She's and covered in like, it. You know when like a gnat lands in it and just kind of like sticks to your face? Like <laughs> That's oh, what God. they are having this moment through right now. Edward, of course, doesn't sweat, so he's fine. He's fine. This is not sexy at all. Like, if you think about it. Just to in, put that on the detail, table. It is it's really not, not sexy. Uh, and I think Edward kind of realizes that they can't just stay in the meadow forever. It's Dude, starting it to, get to get dark. Arc. They've been there for hours. Hours. Just doing this shit. Has Bella eaten all day? No, she hasn't eaten. She hasn't gone pee. I would have faded by now. Water. <laughs> I, literally, they hiked five miles. They hiked five miles. She didn't bring water with her. He doesn't need it. He don't need it. He don't know. I'm sure she's like. Incredible know. that she didn't have a Coke in her back pocket. <laughs> You're right. Oh, my God. Yeah, so Edward is like, all right, we better go back to the truck. Uh, hey, do you want to see how fast I can actually go? Oh and, and and Bella's like, uh, all right. Is that okay? Is that safe? And, and, and Edward literally says, he calls her a little coward. He's like, get on my back, you little coward. Which <laughs> isn't, qu- it doesn't have quite the same vibe as Hold On Tight Spider Monkey. But, like, <laughs> I kind of liked it more. Catherine Harder really tried to polish that turd. It, should, it didn't work. It didn't work. It made it worse. Uh, I, I honestly have to say, climb on my back, little coward. I think that hits better than hold on tight, spider monkey. <laughs> but Bella does. She climbs on his back. And Edward blitzes through the woods. Whoa. He goes five miles in the space of, what, like two minutes? Dude, we need to put this on the table right now. There would be no chance in hell I wouldn't throw up down his back. If that were me. There right. would be no chance in hell I would not hurl nasty dehydrated vom down his back. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, it's... I, I mean, mean and, and Bella says that she doesn't normally get motion sick, but she does this time. Which, you know what? I call bullshit. How can you be so fucking clumsy and never get motion sick? She's, she, doesn't, she doesn't even just say she, it rarely happens to her. She says this is the first time that she's ever in her human life been motion sick i call bullshit bella uh yeah so they get to the bottom oh and then and bella literally (laughs) is so fucked up by like how fast they've gone back down this non-trail she describes it as having stuck her head out a window in an airplane she says her eyes were like dry and burning because they were going so fast and she couldn't close them uh when they get down to the bottom She's like, I think I need to lay down. And I and she physically can't even, like, unwrap her arms from around his neck. Because she's so fucked up from, like, how fast they just went. Which is kind of, yeah, what were you expecting? Right. Uh, and, and Edward should have realized that as well. And he's kind of like, oh, my bad. You know, like, oh, guess that wasn't a great idea. And I'm like, yeah, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then something truly magical happens. She's sitting there on the ground. He's sitting there on the ground. Mm-hmm. She's still trying not to hurl or whatever. It finally happens, it folks. It finally happens. They have their very first kiss. They have their very first kiss. Edward very chastely presses his stone-cold marble lips to Bella's. And Bella, Bella goes immediately. Yeah, she gripping. is like, my hands knotted in his hair. I gasped. I, like, wrapped my legs around him. Like, she was like... Zero to sixty, brother. Khaki Sutra. It was full khaki, khaki Sutra. Khaki Sutra. Obviously, Edward then is like, 
Hold on. Hold on. Wait. So this was why I genuinely laugh because Bella goes so hard on this kiss. Like she's like immediately making out with him and he kind of like pulls away like, whoa, what the fuck? And uh, she asks him if it's okay. And Edward says to her, it's tolerable. (laughs) (laughs) And like, obviously we know that. I, we know that he means, like, being able to be this close to her. He's able to tolerate it. But, like, imagine you have your first kiss with this guy. And you're like, are you all right? And he goes, it's tolerable. <laughs> <laughs> I died. Like, okay, that's coming from a 117-year-old virgin. Like, it's tolerable, head ass. <laughs> Shut up, Edward. Oh, my God. What, uh, what an experience for your first kiss. Do you remember your first kiss, Laura? Yeah. What was it like? Where were you? Tell us the story. I mean, it wasn't great. It was like, you know, when you're a teenager and you you try to kiss, but you're not good at it and you're not. Like, you know, when you're a teenager and the idea of like doing something like slowly and nicely just doesn't compute to you. So everything is like really rushed and frantic and wet. Like, yeah, you know. My very, very first kiss, like first kiss ever was at a middle school dance oh god and it was just like one of those weird like was cotton eye joe playing in the background i don't know but i do remember he ran away after (laughs) he ran away immediately (laughs) after at my uh catholic school middle school dance and then the first time i ever made out with someone i was so drunk i couldn't tell you who it was or what it was like so do you have any other uh notes about this chapter because i have one very important (laughs) note about this chapter and it's very end it's how we end this chapter it was so fucking disturbing cringy creepy psychotic serial killer-esque that i just could not go past it like at that point i was like well the chapter's over (laughs) this is how we ended it what was it uh so edward more or less closes out this chapter if we ignore the fact that he then drives her home by rubbing his lips on her jaw from ear to ear like, he goes from her ear down to her chin and back up to her ear. He's basically, like, sniffing her face like a dog and, like, rubbing his lips gently across her jawline. And I read that and I was so creeped out. Uh, I kind of blocked that out of my memory. Yeah, that does happen. It does happen. Like, none of the ways that he touches her are ever, like, normal. He's always, like, stroking a finger down her face like she's a baby. Or, like, just randomly, like, rubbing his lips on her jawline. Like, or, like, listening to her heartbeat. Like, you are a fucking crazy person, dude. You know what this makes me wonder about sweet, sweet Stephanie Meyer? What? What the fuck is her sex life like? Okay. Yeah. Am I... Crazy for saying that? I mean, she she didn't she didn't come up with these things from nowhere. No, do you think she's into that? Do you think that that's something that like if somebody did that to her, she would be like turned on? Well, clearly she wrote it for some reason. She had a dream about it. She had a dream about it. Oh god. The, what what is it the bell says? The atmosphere of her dreams has changed. The climate. The climate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was my final note because once I got to that point there's only like a paragraph left and it's just basically them arguing about who's going to drive home yeah. and i was just like well i'm done <laughs> i well, can't do a single like i can't write anything else like i'm just done for anyone else out there who is still alive enough to listen and is curious uh, edward compares bella to a drunk driver uh says that she is intoxicated on him and then drives her poor truck back home and that's it that's how the chapter ends. That is how it ends. That's it. That's chapter 13, Confessions, the titular Meadow chapter. What's chapter 14? 
Mind over matter. I don't know what that means. I mean, I know what it means, but I don't know what it means. I don't know either. I, I don't... I I would like to say that maybe she'll go over to the Collins. I would love that, but, but I, I don't doubt think that's it. the fact. I think that she's probably going to be back at school. We still have 200 pages left, so I would not expect anything else to happen for at least another 50 to 60. Uh-oh. So that's like two chapters. Well... I would expect another two or three chapters of nonsense before we... Before I personally feel this happy again. You know, I think it's I think it's to be said, I felt extremely happy about this chapter because it was just so wild. It, it made me laugh so much. And Laura <laughs> hated it so much in such a specific way that it was a good episode. It was. You know, lots I agree. About. Like, we had a lot to talk about. It, it definitely wasn't a boring chapter. No. Definitely wasn't a boring this chapter. This was great. Now we're going to have uh, pasta. Yeah, I'm going to go make some baked... Uh, Zinis, rigatonis, whatever we have, I'm going to go make it. And I'm going to eat it. And then I'm going to also clean it up. Ryan has cooked for me, or will cook for me twice today. Yeah, I made eggy sandwiches earlier. They were really good. Laura makes eggy sandwiches. I make eggy sandwiches. We make them completely differently. They're both, both good. good. Both good. Both good. I like a fried egg when I cook mine. Fried egg. I don't know how to describe how I make them. It's like an egg patty. Uh, yeah. Side and off. Side and off.